You are listening to special pandemic coverage of the coronavirus on The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation, Second to none, whether you're in Rhode Island or Massachusetts, call J.K.L. Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available for both residential and commercial. Call my friends at J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. Let's be nice and comfortable in your home. J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Folks, it's John DePietro. Weekdays, we start at 11 and we go till 2. It's AM 1380. This, uh, it's time for our segment, This Week in Politics, with our friend, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, I want to start off. You wrote a, a good piece in uh, OceanStateCurrent.com, and it has to do with a tweet put out by uh, this gentleman. I believe it's Matt Chief that works for Stephen Pryor. And you, you raise a really good point. It's this whole attitude of the way they treat business people of, you know, quote, the non-essential retail business. You have people that have given their life uh, without any, they haven't done anything wrong. Their business is shut down. We're hearing now that Department of Business Regulations, they're saying we're going to be going around doing spot checks at people. They, um, it, it's, it's demeaning, it's insulting, and they completely, meaning the Ramundo team, Stephen Pryor, Commerce, they completely underestimate how difficult it is to run a small business. Oh, I think so. And I, I think the tone of that tweet especially was poorly timed because you're talking about the night before people are going back to back to work, trying to open their business if they can. And here's this tweet. And it's not, you know, it's not, hey, we're with you all the way. It's, by the way, don't forget there's more red tape you have to jump around and work your way through and we'll be checking on you uh it's so it is it's that demeaning kind of attitude there's no sense of we're in this together it's the state clamping down and and what made it worse i think for me was that this is somebody in the commerce corporation um not necessarily a you know some bureaucrat and business regulation and also a communications director and this is somebody who should should understand what it takes to uh what it, what it takes to run a business and, and to communicate with people in that, in that line of work. Uh, and even worse is his title is also includes uh, stakeholder management. Well, who are your stakeholders? Right. Those should be small businesses, right? If you're the commerce corporation, those are your stakeholders. They have, and it's like, they have no sense of who, who they're dealing with or, or what they've put on the line. I mean, it really does. The, if you think of the, the constraints on businesses and the challenges, I mean, even just the idea of opening up, trying to get your, your employees to feel comfortable, to feel like, okay, we're, we're working towards something. And here you, I'm sure some of them, I've heard from a few people, business owners about this, but some of them are having trouble getting people to work because they can make more money not working. Right. So here's the governor and the government creating all these problems for them. And you get this, this sense of, you know, a, a communications director who, who doesn't understand where they're coming from. And it's not really about them. It's about, you know, Governor Raimondo's dictates of power. You know, Justin, that, that is an excellent point. And it also, I think you go on to mention, but and this is someone who, let's face it, you know, uh, whether it's Stephen Pryor or his assistant or the staff, 
their jobs are not in jeopardy, at least certainly not right now. Um, they've been paid through all this. They that now just have all this power and dictate all these rules. They they don't. There's been no talk of a layoff of state workers and so forth. It's um that they they are not in the same situation of these businesses. That number one, they don't know if there are any customers out there. People are frightened. People are not going to just go rushing out. There's a big difference between. You know, the governor says there were people that were rushing out to the beach and people walking into a, a small business store and and buying something and spending money and and getting someone to work for you to be, as you say, motivated, do a good job. They uh, they completely underestimate how difficult the business, the business climate, as we know, is difficult anyway, let alone under these circumstances. Oh, yeah. And I, I think one of the key things you raised an excellent point is this a lot of it has to do with tone and how people feel. If people don't feel like it's safe, they won't go out no matter how many you say can go in a store. Uh, and you, you see this also in the governor you know, trying to lift the executive order on, uh, on non-critical operations um, at, at the, you know, treatments from a doctor or a hospital. People aren't going to do that just because they can. They, they, more of them will, obviously, but it has to do with the, the amount of fear. And when, when you're putting up posters and you're only allowing, I mean, the governor's allowing, what, one customer per 300 square feet, which is basically a 17-foot bubble around every customer. I mean, that's, that's a way too few, and it creates this impression of we are in, we're still in scary times. And sort of the, the progressives, whenever some of us say, hey, we should be reopening. This is really, people are really going to suffer because of this, this economic hit. The progressives say, well, how many people do need to sacrifice their lives for the economy? As long as that's the kind of attitude and as long as the governor is kind of helping that attitude along, people aren't going to go out because they think they are sacrificing their lives. And in reality, you know, almost nobody under 50 has died of this disease and nobody under 30 has, I believe it is. So you're in, in Rhode Island. So it's, 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 it's a very limited disease for a particular population. Yet we have this impression that if you don't wear a mask when you're, when you're walking out in, in public, even if there's nobody around, somehow you can catch a disease that's going to kill you. It's just, just not the case. And we're getting very little from government and the governor in particular to kind of control that feeling because you know that's the feeling that allows her to be doing this stuff and to be issuing executive orders without anybody challenging her folks it's john DePietro we're with justin katz managing editor oceanstatecurrent.com justin you raise our segment is politics this week an excellent point let's just step back for a moment you know i was riding on uh, 95 i think yesterday they have a sign up uh you know that the state runs stay home save lives i believe in rhode island 80 percent of the deaths have come from nursing homes. The median age in the state of those that have died in Rhode Island is 81. In Massachusetts, it's 82. Many times when we hear of those that died the night before, they're all people in their 90s, even 100 years old. And yet this message of stay home, save lives, I saw some people out congregating, they're not playing to the masses. People are frightened. Uh, They have done a very good job at scaring people. But exactly, you're exactly right. What, what what are we talking about? A large number of people in their 80s dying who a lot of times that can happen anyway or the, how many, you know, we're, we're not talking how much this has destroyed our, our economy when there's so many people, you know, under the age of 50 have who have no way have been affected. Yeah, I, I actually, I looked at that uh, comparison of last week, I believe it was the, if you look at the, as I said, the number of pe- people under under 50 are almost at no danger from this disease. A handful have ended up in a hospital in Rhode Island, but nobody's died. Uh, and if you look at who actually works, that means for 67% of our workforce is almost unaffected by this disease. Um, and if you look at what we've really killed is retail and leisure and hospitality, those have taken a real blow. And that's an even younger workforce. So it's people who, who probably won't even know they had the disease if they get it. And that's who's really going to be hurting. And probably when, when we start to see the results of, of this, you know, the, the disease, uh, disease of despair, the, the suicides and the overdoses, those are probably going to swing younger too. So, so we're really, the approach, excuse me, the government has taken with this is completely out of line. And I think there's a, there's a case to be made and hopefully there will be, we'll have years of, of, 
reviewing this to, to really get the answer correct. It looks to me like our entire approach to this might have been actually negative because we didn't focus on the areas that needed to be focused on, like, like um, nursing homes. So if, if we had chosen a different path where life goes on, but we, we allocate a lot of our resources to nursing homes, we could have screened the employees, we could have done things like had shifts where we paid extra, the government would give extra to employees who would stay in place for two weeks so that they weren't bringing any illness from outside the nursing home. That kind of thing could have been done. As you say, most of the deaths have been people over over eight, over 80. And if you look in, even closer, the majority of the deaths are happening outside of hospitals, which tells you it's people who I mean, it wasn't even determined to rush them to the hospital, to the ICU, because they probably, you can infer, because they were older, frail, already had some kind of illness. Those people we could have protected better than we did, uh, and instead we've shut down our economy. And, and I think you know, in the next month or two, we'll really start to feel the effects of that. Once, once people have used up their stimulus check from the federal government, once, um, once it's clear that we're not going to have business is just bouncing back as soon as the orders are lifted. I, I think we're really going to be hurting over the summer. I, perspective is definitely going to change at that point, I think. Folks, coming up, we are going to talk uh, more about Governor Armando with her different phases, uh, the rally that is taking place, uh, which I think is important. Also, no General Assembly, the City of Providence, and a new press setting. It's John DePietro with Justin Katz, a lot more ahead, right here on the John DePietro Show. Remember, for your business, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-21. MEG, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Remember, free estimates. Call them today, 508-336-2110. MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. FHWA Inspections or Rhode Island State Inspection Station. Trailer Pickup and Delivery. 24-hour mobile service. ABS repairs, brakes, doors. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega truck and trailer repair. Hi, Steve here, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in lines to get into stores to buy bottled water. And they didn't have to scramble to get it either when all this first started. They enjoy all the safe, clean water they want, not during just this crisis, but all year long. Don't you think it's time you did too? So as you're standing in line waiting, how about you give my company a call? Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. 294-2400. A Rhode Island family business since 1986. This portion of the program brought to you by Bethel certified soft wash let's make sure your house and property looks the best it can look right now spring is the time you can text jared free same day text estimate 401-617-2585 they have a great facebook page bethel certified soft wash let's get rid of that algae mildew that's outside in your home the side of your home on your pavement on your patio maybe it's on the basketball court Bethel Certified Softwash. They have a great Facebook page. Jared, the before and after pictures are just incredible. What your home could look like or your garage, your property, with Bethel Certified Softwash Power Wash. Now, Jared, he came to our house. Folks, it looks brand new. Get rid of, you know, it just happens. You build up some of that algae and mildew, and maybe sometimes you just have some dirt and grime. Bethel Certified Soft Wash Power Wash, especially now we're spending more time outside. You want your house and property to look the best it can. Jared did a fantastic job. My neighbors are saying, my goodness, Juan, look how beautiful your house looks. It looks so clean. My kids said, Daddy, it's like the house got a bath. I said it did get a bath from Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Text Jared, free same-day text estimate, 401 617 2585 find them on facebook it's bethel certified soft wash it's going to make your property your home your deck your walkway any outdoor surface he can get rid of it as far as the algae mildew gets rid of it with a very safe solution it's bethel certified soft wash it's John DePietro. Folks, our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, OceanStateCart.com. 
Justin, I think there's just been some interesting things about this whole thing, such as there's the, a good piece on, it even made the Wall Street Journal, Griswold's Tavern in Newport. And they, of course, you know, had to be shut. They were allowed to do takeout and then the beer and wine. And the man wrote a very nice thing uh, on Facebook that he's been open for 34 years and they're just not going to reopen. He knows his business model, uh, basically said this, they've been hit hard. Um, he doesn't come right out and say it, but basically like what they're laying out, you can't make money. He wanted to make it to 35 years being open. He never envisioned it happening this way, but he's just not, they're not going to go with the, the reopening. You look at that over this past weekend, suddenly, if you were ordering takeout, they said, now you can order mixed drinks. Well, as, as a lot of people know in a restaurant, Justin Katz, that's, that's how a lot of the people make money. It was beer and wine. I don't, you know, how come we've never gotten an answer on, on why it, you couldn't sell mixed drinks that could have helped people. But I think that goes into, this is not someone that just opened a few months ago or the new, new to the game. This is someone who's been open for 34 years in Newport. They look at the landscape and say, nope, it's not going to work. I'm not reopening. Yeah, um, well, yeah, certainly. And especially those who were nearing retirement anyway, or some of the, we had already had problems with, um, you would hear stories periodically of longstanding businesses where younger generations, either they just didn't have a lot of children or to take over the business or the younger generations just weren't interested. That was already starting to, to affect our economy. But so if, if you're toward the end of your career and you're facing this, you know, shutting down a few years earlier than you expected is not, I mean, it's painful, but it's, it's not, it's not a difficult decision necessarily to make. Certainly not as difficult as if you were just starting out. Uh, and I, I, Clay Johnson had a good article on Ocean State Current this week, this past week about that too, where I think a lot of people look at business as, okay, well, you're just not making money right now and you can get a loan and you can, you can use some of your ex, extra money and maybe there'll be more stimulus coming and et cetera, et cetera. But businesses aren't just not making money. They're losing money. Every, every day they're not open is right. money they have to pay out for this or that, especially if they're doing things uh, that everybody would say would be the right thing, trying to help employees through this as well. I mean, they're, they're using up their reserves. And if you're, especially as you say, those toward the end of their their careers are saying, I'm losing money every day. I'm just not going to reopen. And others are just going to run out of the money or the equation changes. And they say, I'm not going to take out a loan because I just don't know what this business is going to look like in a year. So I'm not going to take that risk with a loan. Uh, and so they just won't reopen. They'll find something else to do. And the problem for Rhode Island is we don't have anything else for them to do. So they'll they'll probably end up going elsewhere to be productive in another state that's a little bit more business friendly. And that's where that's where our, our habit of, of really putting red tape around people is going to come back. And, you know, we're always first in, first out of recessions, they say. This could be the, the mother of all of those those sort of dynamics where just we're, we're not coming out of it. Right. And you know what else is just the element of Department of Business Regulations, DBR. They're going to be going around and doing spot checks to see if businesses are complying and keeping the distancing. You know, Jen, Justin, again, it's not they're going to go around and see how they can be helpful to business with guidelines to help make sure. Instead, it becomes a game of gotcha where they're going to be going around and, and anonymously and secretly trying to find people that aren't finding it. That, that is, if you're a business owner, that's the last thing you need. You need help right now. You don't need, as you say, more red tape or more regulations or someone trying to wander in and give you more of a hard time as you're trying to operate. Right. And they can't. I mean, the governor has tried to in her press conferences to say, look, we're not going to be doing that. We're going to be trying to be very lenient. But that's words. And the, the tone is like we were discussing a few minutes ago, with Matt Shea from uh, the Commerce Corporation, where it's not. I mean, it would be very easy to say. So, so businesses have to put up this retail businesses have, have to put up this poster that shows the social distancing rules and they have to sign it and put it where all the employees and customers can see it. And now that could be positioned as we the government we're giving you a tool to help everybody feel comfortable that's all this is to make everybody feel comfortable that we're here are the guidelines instead it's don't forget you have to follow the rules uh and as you say they've got people going out there there are now fines uh they start at a hundred dollars and they quickly yep. ramp up to a thousand dollars per violation um that's just a, a big risk to take, especially if you can't necessarily control what your customers are going to do if they happen to be in a store at the same time as one of the, the inspectors. And then on top of that, you get the other tone from the governor, which is very, I don't know, 
condescending and, and you know, like we're her, like we're children, like, like you know, where she sent out inspectors and by and large, you did a great job, Rhode Island. I mean, yeah. All right. Thanks. We're not, we're not children. And when that's the whole attitude, it's, it's hard to trust. They're not going to be coming out and, and saying, Oh, you, you've got one too many people. That's your first hundred dollar fine. And here's a compliance order. We'll, we may be back later. You don't, you'll never know. I mean, this is, it's not a cooperative environment in which to try to ramp up your economy again. What do you think of these phases, Justin Katz? I don't see how the average business owner person can follow the phases, uh, the steps. This is, this is allowed. This can't. When they announced that masks were mandatory, a lot of people were saying, I thought masks already were mandatory. Um, I, I, I think they completely, you know, under they, they overestimate or underestimate. I'm not even exactly sure, but they, they're not dealing with the reality of how much people can absorb how much people are following it. Um, people are confused. People are frightened. This business of we're going to go slow, we're going to take baby, baby steps, and then we're going to do that. It just it doesn't work that way. You can't automatically turn things on and get people you know, to go back out when churches are still not open. Uh, people are told you know, there's no weddings this year. Uh, everything is like, we don't know, we'll get back to you. As much as, you know, I, I'm just not sure. That I don't, I'm, I'm fearful. That when they finally say, okay, it's all safe and ready to go out now, I just, I, the, the destruction that will have been lying in wake in businesses that have been trying and saying, you know what, I, I can't make it under this business model. I think they underestimate how severe the damage has been and will be. Well, that's, that's certainly the story of Rhode Island. You can see that in, in Raimondo's opening where it's, I mean, my, my first response to what do I think of it is, is it's just too slow. Uh, the idea that we're now in phase one, hospitalizations are going down, deaths are going down, uh, critical people and patients in critical condition going down, and we're still saying five people at a social event. I mean, that kind of, that's, it's way too slow. You could fit easily twice as many people safely in a business. So one every 150 square feet, uh, you could, all of this could easily be done. And what I'm, what I'm thinking might happen, what I'm, concerned about a bit is people will they, they'll be more cautious than the rules as long as they feel like that's what how they interpret all of this you know if, if they're not sure i'm going to err on a side of safety i'm not going to go shopping i'm not going to go out and they'll do that for a while until probably until there are a few more flowers out there and the temperature gets a little nicer and they start to see other people going out and then they won't listen to any rules because okay it's good to go out. So I think your, your instincts, right. It's, it's kind of a binary thing. Either it's safe or it's not. Uh, and you can, you can give some regulations on let's wear masks that you can convey. Uh, but to try to do this, this business is open. We're not going to do this. You can't, this one can't sell flowers. Maybe if they're cut, maybe if they're not, uh, it's just, it's too much. It's too fine tuned. And that's always the problem with progressive governance. And that's what's been strangling Rhode Island for decades is this idea that you can do that to people. Justin, what do you make of the fact that uh, Matty Yellow General Assembly, he seems to have zero interest in coming back. But there is no government right now. It's all just Governor Rundle with her executive orders. That's how it's being run. And there's really no hint that they are anxious to uh, come back and do anything right now. Yeah, you know, even even as much as I, I've watched this for 20 years, I, even this surprises me. I, I there, it's really a travesty. I mean, they had a they had their task force or whatever come out and do a little bit of a show of oversight, and now they're talking about the the, the finance committee might come back and do some work, but they they need to be in in out there doing their work that's what the legislature's supposed to be for i mean there's there's so many unanswered questions you know the governor's authority uh, what do municipalities do about their budgets what, what are we doing with the state budget all of that stuff is just eh, whatever we're going to leave that out and i think it what it exposes is it's not we don't really have a general assembly we don't really have local representatives we send to a legislature to vote we have basically three governors, the governor, the speaker of the house and the Senate president who have this leadership driven control of their chambers. And so it really doesn't matter if you have 113 people in a state house because it's only, it comes down to two and then their close circle 
with with a really strong hand over everything. And the, what we're seeing right now is the other two, the Senate president and the Speaker of the House, are perfectly willing to let Governor Raimondo go forward with this because it keeps their hands off of everything that happens. So if, if the economy's tanked and everything's terrible, they can say, hey, that was the governor. And if she opens up things so quickly and we get this resurgence, that's terrible. They can say, hey, that was her decision. It wasn't ours. And that's really... The people people shouldn't stand for that, but but so far they are, and that, that's another disappointing experience of this whole thing. Folks, it's John DePietro again. Our segment is politics this week with Justin Katz, who's the managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. A lot more ahead on the John DePietro show. This portion of the John DePietro show is brought to you by MEGA MEGA Professionals. Call them today 508-336-7801. 508-336-7801. Now. What exactly do they do, MEGA Professionals? They are here to help you run your business by finding you workers. And maybe you need workers. Maybe you need drivers, workers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work, uh, local, a.k.a. sleep-at-home drivers, class A, B, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled workers, labor Healthcare professionals, office professionals, you need workers, you need MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals. You're trying to run your business. Listen, it's a hassle trying to hire people, go through all the resumes, set up the interviews. Instead, it's one phone call to help you with your company. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801, 508-336-7801 from MEGA professionals. Attention business owners. In today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchells at InnoVast is here to help. Give her a call at 401-321-2799. Hey, now it's 2020. You got to freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVast Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. It's John DePietro. Listen, folks, this is a unique situation. But instead of wasting the time by just watching television or old episodes of old movies, instead, clean up your home, clean up your attic, clean up your basement and your garage. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517. Call them for a free estimate. They will deliver a dumpster right to your home do some spring cleaning use this time to finally clean that out that old junk from your basement from your attic from your garage do some spring cleaning use this unique time call brothers disposal today 401-688-0517 they'll come to your home they will drop off a dumpster you load it up tell them whenever it is maybe it stays for a week maybe it stays for a weekend maybe it stays for one day call brother's disposal today free estimate 401-688-0517 stop watching netflix do something productive finally clean up your home clean out that garage or the attic or the basement call brother's disposal today 401-688-0517 free estimate 401 401- 688-0517. It's Brothers Disposal. And let's get a dumpster in the driveway. We're with Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Our segment is politics this week. Justin, uh, talk a little bit about um, Mayor Alorza, who seemingly, uh, to me, I wouldn't give him high grades in this in any way. He seems to just try to make himself uh, relevant with the governor. He can't even get his own city council on board with a lot of things he's going to do. He could end up, um, he is a problem to me for businesses that want to reopen in the city of Providence. And, yeah, in large part, because it's not clear what he's going to do. And if, if he's issuing 
different orders from the governor, then that makes it more confusing for the public too, as well as the businesses. But I, but I do want to say, the, I think the, the contrast of the city council with the general, the state general assembly is, is instructive. I mean, that's, that's where you have a, a, the, basically the city legislature pushing back on a mayor saying, you do not have this authority. Uh, and contrast that with the general assembly, which is just eh, sitting back and saying, eh, you know, whatever, we'll, we'll take it gov. Um, but I, I think Elorza has struggled, and we, we saw this even before the COVID-19 with, with the education issue with the Providence schools. He struggles to be relevant, and it's, there's, it's not really a, a show of leadership. I mean, you, you sort of get the, the impression of, you know, back in high school, you know, the, the, the kid was, oh, come on, guys, let's do this. You know, I, not really a, a, there's not really much strong leadership there. And he, it, again, he often seems like the odd man out, not only with the city council, but also in, in government. You know, there just seems to be a lack of coordination you would expect between the mayor of the capital city and the governor. I would agree with that. And also, uh, but the problem is he does have a lot of power. What do you think of the fact that he wouldn't even come out initially? I guess the report is he slid in. Okay, here's what the news budget is going to be. And then just like quietly think he's going to be under the radar, put in that city workers are going to be furloughed, you know, union people. And the thing about that to me is you're not doing any favors to demonstrate to people how serious the situation is. If you had someone that stepped forward and said, listen, this situation is serious, and as a result of this, here's what we're going to have to do. City workers are going to be furloughed for five days. This isn't my choice. But if they care about the city, you know, there's, there's going to be sacrifice. We all need to sacrifice. That's one thing. But when you just try to slide it by, and it was Channel 12, I believe, that caught it, um, I, I think that, that sends the – like that, that to me is not leadership, Justin Katz. No, it's 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 fear. It's like a man, managerial fear. He's he's afraid of of not being able to do get a, accomplish what he what he wants to get accomplished, and it's exactly the wrong the wrong way to go. I mean, as you say, there there's so many ways to present even that limited. He, he could say, for example, looking at this budget, you know, we're we're already down a million millions of dollars. I think it's eight million dollars in this fiscal year alone, let alone next fiscal year. So, in order to try to save your job. We're going to try to implement some furloughs so that you know you, you don't we can get to take some pressure off the budget. I mean that's not that difficult to argue, but when you don't think you can win that battle, um, then you you really have to have to be concerned you're not doing things the, the right way. I mean we it, again it think, makes me think of education where we discussed for months how the the new education commissioner had to come in with a strong, I'm going to gather up the people behind me because I'm going to have a fight with the unions. They're not going to want to do anything I want to do. That should have been the attitude from day one. There's something very similar here where the, the mayor should be saying, this is something we need. I'm not going to be, if he doesn't think he can get it past the unions, then he needs to find the solution to do that, not try to sneak it under the table. And we see too much of that in Rhode Island. I, I think it's, it's, it's another lesson we're learning from this crisis that, well, hopefully we're learning. It's another lesson that's there to be learned anyway. What do you make of um, the fact that Governor Armando now, today, Monday, starting the first time where the press setting, she announced, okay, weekend's off. Now she just has, it's the daily weekday television show uh, from one to two each weekday where, again, people don't get it, but that's, she's fully expecting Channel 10, Channel 12, Channel 6 to just give up their one hour of uh, primetime programming. Uh, it's not primetime, excuse me, but still daily programming. And now moving it to Veterans Auditorium. And when you look at the logic of it, the first thing that pops up to me, Justin Katz, is this something that could have been done all, all along? Oh, exactly. That's, the, that's definitely the first, the first idea you, you say is, well, why couldn't why is this safe now when it wasn't before? I mean, it, it, and it, I think it's very emblematic of the entire way she's handled this and the reopening idea is this could have been done. We, we could have done this. We could have had stores open in a limited way throughout this whole thing, even when it was at its scariest. Uh, when, uh, this is, so there's no, the fact that she can now say, all right, we can, we can get a couple dozen journalists in an auditorium and keep you far enough apart that we can answer your questions. We have technology like microphones and speakers, so everybody can hear everybody. This is not a challenging thing to do. I mean, even if you didn't want to do that, they could have done, you know, closed circuit TV or something like that. Um, but I think it also 
represents it's just too slow. If, if we could have been doing this all along, then what's the next step that we actually could be doing now, uh, a closer setting for journalists to say. Uh, but, but I think it's indicative of, of the governor's approach to trying to control the message, uh, give as little access as she possibly can uh, to the, the journalists, to the public. Uh, and it's only when it, it just becomes painfully clear that you, there's no logic behind her, her rules that she'll, she'll start to budge. And, and that's, that's, I think, what, what Rhode Island, a lesson Rhode Islanders need to take again. Uh, if, if once it's clear to us that we can start to open up and do more things and people start to behave that way, she'll have very little power to get it under control. But until, until we insist, until the press insisted on this, until uh, uh, businesses start to insist on, on looser rules, she'll, she won't do it. She'll, she'll try to keep control as much as she can. Well, it's, it's one uh, representative of each news outlet. So uh, no more than that. I, I think what you're going to end up with is you know, today's the first day. Maybe, maybe today it'll be a little bit more than 12, possibly 12 to 15. But as the week goes on, when you talk about every single day, it, it will start to become maybe 10 people. And this is in the Veterans Auditorium that holds it's either, I think it's like 1,200, 1,300, could be as high as 1,400, but definitely more closer to like 1,200. So do you really need to wait to have a room that holds 1,200 people? Of course, you know, lighting, the stage, the whole production, I'm anxious to see how it looks. Um, this is something that easily could have been done in the very beginning. But when I go back to, I asked the governor on April 1st, she said, because my rule is no more than five people. Uh, but since then, you know, it's kind of been, fleshed out that it, it was supposed to be five people. It was a social gathering. This is not a social gathering. Um, this is an, an element of control. But when you have a press that continues to go along with it, and this is really to me, if I step back, this is about she likes being, the governor likes being on Channel 10 and Channel 12. Um, you could argue that if they didn't do it, then that she would say that I'm just going to be on with Channel 6, which is the ABC affiliate. But it's, it's not so much about the newspapers. And I'll say it's not about the radio. She likes being on television and people seeing her on television. What did you make also, Justin Katz, last week when you had some pushback from both the city of Warwick at their police and North Providence saying they're not going to give out fines for people wearing masks? The governor basically said, well, then I will send my state police unit in to those cities and then they will give out the fines. This becomes very dangerous when you have like the governor's police force. Yeah. And, and not only just the governor's police force, but a conflict. I, I I think there was even some colorful language between one of the local yes. about about how they would react if the state police started coming in and enforcing this. Uh, that's uh, it's, it starts to get to be a dangerous position, but I think it's it's very important that people push back like that. And that, so you get the you get the police unions doing that. You get businesses pushing back. You get the press pushing back. Maybe you know when when there are ten of them, ten of people sitting in a giant auditorium somebody might ask the question, isn't this kind of ridiculous? <laughs> Could we get in a smaller venue? That would be, you know, once people start observing that businesses and then rallies like the one today, yeah. once that pushback starts, it'll be, the governor will have to uh, start to start to acknowledge differences of opinion. And I, so I was, I was encouraged to see that from the, from the police unions. Uh, and I, I, I hope that kind of attitude continues. You know, maybe people start to say, you know what, we're going to have a wedding. Sorry, come arrest us. Uh, I, I don't know that the governor will, will actually try to do that. In fact, we've seen in other states, was it, I, I'm not sure which state it was, I think it was down South where a, a hairdresser was actually arrested and put in jail and yeah. it went up to the courts and the court said, no, you're not, uh, you you're not able to do this. Uh, so that's what, that's what it's going to take. And I, I think in the long run, in case we have these sorts of events in the future, we need much clearer lines of where the power is. I mean, the Center for Freedom and Prosperity this week, I think, is going to be putting out some legal information about how the governor's actions really, she doesn't have the authority to be, to be doing what she's doing. You can't, in, in, when you have a 30-day window for emergency response, you can't say, okay, we're shutting down businesses in August because that's outside of your 30 days. Uh, so I think we, we definitely need clearer lines here. Uh, and whether it's the press or the, the police unions pushing back, I mean, it's, it's kind of how this is all supposed to work, right? You hear about in the military, you know, if, if you're getting orders that are contrary to your, your oath of office, you need to refuse them. Uh, so hopefully we'll see a lot more of that coming up.
And one last note about the rally, Justin, what I was uh, taken aback by was on the you do a 15 minute conference call with the governor and the people afterwards for follow up. And it was if you look at some of the comments on social media and it was even on the line with the governor, it was it was journalists, well, members of the media. One person who's just a, he does a podcast, but they were the ones saying, Governor, don't you think it's irresponsible for these people to be rallying? And don't you, you know, they don't they want to save lives? And why would they be doing this? And and to a credit, Governor Munder said, listen, if they have the right to protest and if as long as they're in the most in the safety of their cars, I, I they have every right to do that at Hawkorns. It was it was granted liberal and, and progressive, but it was members of the media, Justin. Now, these are the same people that would defend the right of people. Oh, they have every right to protest outside the Wyatt Detention Center. You know, and what are we talking about? Uh, you know, a number of inmates that obviously committed some kind of a crime there. And, and at the same time, trying to prod the governor of, this is terrible that these people are planning on protesting and questioning your authority. And the governor wouldn't take the bait on it. Well, that, that's a good sign. I mean, there are, it, it is a question of who gets to be in the room. And as a, as a somewhat, you know, ideological journalist type person myself, I can sympathize with what they're trying to do. But I think you put your finger on it exactly right. The hypocrisy. I mean, if you look back a couple of years, some of these same same progressive journalists were were all about the right of progressives to physically prevent conservative protesters from accessing the steps of the state house. Right. That, oh, that's perfectly fine. And it breaks out in a fight. Oh, this is wonderful. It's democracy in action. And here it's, oh, <clears throat> people might be driving around the state house expressing a view we don't like. Shouldn't we shut that down? Um, wow. it's, it's good that the, the governor didn't take, take the bait on that. Um, hopefully it'd be nicer if, uh, if other journalists started to see those 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 progressives for what they are and what they do i i had a bit of a back and forth this weekend with a another one of the local kind of progressive bloggers who who said my math was wrong on something it wasn't he didn't he was exaggerating the degree of math it was about aesthetics he didn't like the numbers and the, the results that wasn't my concern what my concern was you start to see major journalists locally anyway respected journalists responding to that as if you know obviously having not read what anybody wrote but responding as if the progressive must be right and i must be wrong that i think hopefully we'll we could start to see some some loosening up of that kind of close relationship because you do emphasize correctly that it's the progressive journalists who are asking those kind of questions but the others I, you know, I, you, you think you get the impression they're pretty sympathetic. Uh, and that's off that, you know, that's really, if you look at rallies like this, this, that's how we're covered on the right. You know, it's, it's the angry tea party. It's the, uh, you know, it's, oh, well, it's, a, it's only a few conservative Republicans at this rally. Yeah. It's, you know, of thousands of people, they downplay the numbers, they downplay the amount of public support. Whereas often with a progressive rally, you could have, and we've talked about this before, you could have three people who, you know, three friends who decide to do a rally, but if it's a message that the journalists like, that's covered as if it's an important thing. <laughs> so I, I think, true. I'm not sure it's just limited to the progressives, but it's good if the governor didn't take that much bait. Folks, he's the managing editor at OceanStateCurrent.com. Great job. Oh, Justin Katz. Justin, great. Stay safe. We'll talk to you again. You too. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401 431 2300 MEGA MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies? You can depend on MEGA MEGA Logistics. Call them today 401 431 2300. 401 431 2300. Does that sound like your company, maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. It's John DePietro, and there's nothing more important than cleaning your home, your business, a school, any type of building, you need Soul Source Restoration, a Rhode Island-based company, and it's Soul, S-O-L-E, like the sole of your shoe, Soul Source Restoration. Call them today at 401-712-2700, 401 
712-2700. Coronavirus Cleaning and Disinfection Service, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. You know, Soul Source Restoration, folks, they are one of the few companies in the entire country have the type of equipment experience that you need. As far as residential, is there anything more important than making sure your home is absolutely clean from viruses for your family, for your friends, for yourself? Soul Source Restoration, same for your business. They have the expertise, the type of equipment that you need to get through this crisis. We spoke with Mike Seepy of Soul Source Restoration, and I asked him about just that very thing, the microthermal fogging and electrostatic spraying equipment that makes Soul Source Restoration different than every other company. We're a full-service restoration company, as you know, John. We've been in it about 15 years now, and with this coronavirus that has changed our world for the time being, we found a unique way to provide a true 99.9% disinfectant service. Mike, Sole Source Restoration, and again, folks, it's S-O-L-E, Sole Source Restoration. What is, what would you say, what is the goal? What is the goal of the company? Our main goal is to utilize our services to keep essential and non-essential businesses safe, protecting both employees and customers. And with Sole Source Restoration, what is the difference equipment that you use that probably is different than any other company, certainly in Rhode Island right now, but the way I understand it, I've heard you're one of only six companies in the entire country that have the type of equipment that you have. We utilize CDC-approved hospital-grade disinfectant enhanced with sporicide and viricide that we atomize by means of microthermal foggers. These microthermal foggers break down the disinfectant to 3 to 5 micron, which is basically a fancy word for micromillimeter. This allows the disinfectant to saturate air particles and cover all surface material, giving you a true 99.9% kill of all pathogens. You know, Mike, right now someone is listening saying, John DiPietro, this does sound fine. Mike Seepy. Soul service restoration, it sounds fine, but I already have a janitorial or cleaning company, and, and they tell me that, that they think they can get rid of the coronavirus. These old methods leave a lot of room for human error, utilizing older equipment that doesn't break down the disinfectant in a way that's going to kill the coronavirus. Mike, with soul source restoration, now you have the country is in pandemic. Everyone is freaked. We are seeing death about the coronavirus. What right now is the biggest challenge for a company like yours that has the capability for a coronavirus cleaning and disinfection service? Our biggest challenge, John, is educating the public that what we're doing is very different from janitorial and normal restoration companies whose conventional methods of cleaning mainly comprise of mops, buckets, spray bottles, and kettle pot foggers. Don't take any chances. Call Soul Source Restoration today. Coronavirus Cleaning and Disinfection Service for Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. Call them at 401-712-2700. 401-712-2700. They have the equipment that you need. They will fully clean your home, your property, your office, your school, whether it's any type of business. You heard CDC approved environmentally and pet friendly they have the protective equipment they have the type of equipment that you need don't take any chances a rhode island based company and they're in a league of their own with the type of resources they have to fully disinfect your property from the coronavirus sole source restoration call them today home or business 401 712 2700 401 712 2700 it's sole source restoration coronavirus cleaning and disinfection service for rhode island massachusetts and connecticut again look for them online soulsourcerestoration.com hi steve here owner of water filter company do you know what my customers are not doing today they're not standing in lines to get into stores to buy bottled water and they didn't have to scramble to get it either when all this first started they enjoy all the safe, clean water they want, not during just this crisis, but all year long. Don't you think it's time you did too? So as you're standing in line waiting, how about you give my company a call? Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. 294-2400. A Rhode Island family business since 1986. Well, it's John DePietro. This portion of the program is brought to you by Johnson Propane. Now listen, you want to be prepared 
For what's going ahead, now is the time to stock up on propane. Stop in. Phil never runs out. That's right. Phil Johnson never runs out. Easy to get to. Located 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. And it's right in front of Stop and Shop, right over near Rhode Island College. They are open seven days a week. Propane tank and supplies. They fill Blue Rhino. And they will fill up all your propane tanks. Credit cards, debit cards are accepted. You can call Phil Johnson at 401-621-8129. 401-621-8129. Johnson Propane, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. Call Phil, 401-621-8129. Now is the time to stock up. It's drive-in. No wait, propane filling station. They'll fill up your tank. Now is the time. You want to make sure you don't know what's going to happen. And if, in fact, you get locked down or you have to be out, then you want to make sure you have propane. Johnson Propane, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. I, I'm stopping by to have Phil fill up. I have two tanks. I'm going to have them both filled up. 401-621-8129. Stop in and see him. He's just terrific. And again, right, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence, right near Rhode Island College, and right in front of Stop and Shop. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. Non-stop coverage. Pandemic. Worldwide. The coronavirus. Hits Rhode Island. Massachusetts. Connecticut. Go to the website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. You can listen live at the website. If you ever miss any coverage at the website at the top, click on radio show. You can listen. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's John DePetro Show. And as always, you can email me, john at depetro.com. Much more ahead. Pandemic coverage on the John DePietro Show. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Call today. Your best lawn ever guaranteed. 401-392-1025. 401-392-1025. Or online. They have a great website. LawnDoctor.com. What do they do? Well, outdoor pest control annual program lawn care service they make great lawns happen lawn doctor at island your lawn care company love your lawn best lawn guaranteed call them today 401-392-1025 free uh, consultation and estimate 401-392-1025 lawn doctor and now is the time because you can get the early spring the crabgrass control time release fertilizer professional blend of high calcium line lawn doctor go online check them out it's lawndoctor.com or call them today 401-392-1025 lawn doctor <laughs> 